Welcome to the Skeletons in My Closet podcast. My name is Crystal Pastis. These stories are not for the faint of heart. They are the hidden secrets and dark confessions the world was never supposed to know. So, let the sleepless nights begin. I know you're going to think I'm crazy. A monster, even. A woman disguised as pure evil. I would, too, if someone told me what I had done. But if you knew why I did it, if you knew my story, I know you would side with me. I know you would have done the same thing. You see, it all started because of Halloween. It's my favorite time of the year. It's hard to put into words just why it's so magical. There's an electric feeling when you step outside and in an instant, you know autumn is here. It's in the crisp fall air, all around you, as if the earth is letting out a sigh as the last stretches of summer pass. The chill engulfs your senses. You can feel it down to your core. It's in the changing of the leaves, as if the world is proving to you that there is still wonder and magic to be found. How suddenly everything looks like it's on fire, and you had no idea there were so many shades of orange and red. It's in the first taste of apple cider. The moment it hits your tongue, every good memory from autumn's long past come rushing back, showing you that they were never really gone. That those memories are just as alive as you are right now. It's in the smell of a pumpkin as you carve, elbow deep in seeds. It takes you back to a simpler time where getting dirty meant you were doing it right. And the enchantment in all of this is, you can't bottle it. You are along for this beautiful ride until the crisp air decides to turn cold and you are in the throes of winter. It's fleeting, so you force yourself to remember things a little better, taste a little longer, and feel a little deeper during this time of the year. So when I first moved to Alcove Lane, I couldn't have been happier. Our little town is located in New England, just about an hour away from Boston. The autumns here are picture perfect, like something out of a fairy tale. My husband Paul and I bought this home shortly after we got married. And a year later, the twin boys were born. Paul and I used to joke that it was fate that we would have twins because of my obsession with The Shining from a young age. I immediately started planning family Halloween costumes. I would show them how to pick pumpkins and the exact art of bobbing for apples. So celebrating Halloween in this house isn't just another holiday. It's something I have come to count on. When the rest of the world feels out of control, 
I rely on Halloween to make me remember the good times. I didn't have much that was mine, that I could hold on to, like I did with Halloween. You see, while Paul went to work, I kept up with the house. I made sure the boys were fed, clean, and at school on time. I helped them with their homework and drove them to soccer practice. I didn't really mind it, although I do sometimes fantasize about the career I could have had. But Paul and I decided having a family was more important and my career could wait. I used to resent it. Sometimes I feel like life is happening all around me and I was just working on making other people's dreams come true. So you see, that's why Halloween is so important to me. It was something all of my own, something I was better at than anyone else. I would spend most of the year thinking about the perfect way to decorate our house. I would be planning out the theme, props, and decorations a year in advance. The community would give out an award for the best decorated house. It was a very prestigious and coveted award, and I would always win. Paul was always so supportive. Every year he would frame the award, and we would hang them up in the hall. I had nine awards, going for a perfect 10 streak. My winning decorations had become renowned. I was featured in our town's magazine in the list of homes you can't miss on your trick-or-treating route, and I was even being commissioned by the local news program to decorate their set for Halloween. Even our local university asked if I could teach the aspiring art majors how I was able to bring my ideas to life. I had started to make a name for myself. For once, I felt special. Life was perfect there. Everything was perfect. That was until I met Cindy. Cindy and Jonathan and their two daughters had moved next door over the summer. The boys were eight by now, and I had my hands full. So I hadn't bothered to get to know them much. They seemed fine enough, kept to themselves. This would be the first Halloween they spent on the block, and I secretly couldn't wait to see their surprised faces when they realized who they were living next to. For Halloween this year, I had decided on a creepy circus theme. I had it all planned out. I would cover the outside of the house to make it look like a giant carnival tent. I would have a whole section in the front yard filled with fake clowns. You would have to walk through the creepy clowns in order to get to the front door for candy. I was particularly excited about this year. It would be the most spectacular year yet. Halloween was tonight and I felt like the rest of the world had fallen away because of my intense concentration to finish decorating. It wasn't until Paul told me that I should check out Cindy's yard. I couldn't believe it. Cindy had completely furnished her front yard into a corn maze where you would have to navigate through in order to get to the front door. Twinkle lights and jack-o'-lanterns illuminated the pathway. It gave off a cozy vibe where three fog machines completed the look to make it feel ominous and foreboding. 
Through the maze, her husband and daughters would be waiting around the corner to jump out and scare unexpecting trick-or-treaters. And she would be waiting at the door with freshly made candy apples and hot cider as an award for the children. I couldn't believe it. How had she done all of this? I had tried to count, but after 30 jack-o'-lanterns, I lost track. Did she carve all of those herself? Her ridiculous maze made my carnival theme seem amateur and childish. The clowns looked cheap and phony. Next to Cindy's house, my attempt at a circus tent gave off more of a pest fumigation look. What was going to be my most exciting year yet fell short in comparison to the elaborate display next door. I had completely underestimated Cindy. The award for best decorated house went to her. I was numb. I had lost. How could this happen? My winning streak was over. This was going to be year 10, and she stole it away. I couldn't believe it. What went wrong? Who was this woman? And worst of all, she knew she beat me. She never gloated, but I knew that's what she was thinking. It was in those casual smirks, the fake compliments, the snarky greetings. Paul said I was reading too much into it that she was actually very nice, but he didn't understand. How could he side with her? She was the enemy, but I was determined. She would not beat me two years in a row. I had to work harder. So when the next Halloween rolled around, I knew what I was gonna do. I was planning a classic haunted house theme. Everyone loves that. I couldn't go wrong. I was going to completely redecorate the facade of our house so it looked haunted and abandoned. The front yard would have coffins and skeleton bones. I would rig the coffins with motion sensors so when someone walked past, a fake corpse would jump out from the coffin. I was sure this would be the best year yet. Cindy, however, did something I wasn't expecting. You see, I thought she was going with a similar theme as last year. How many people change it up every year like I did? But she struck again. This year, she had a biochemical zombie attack theme. Her husband and daughters dressed as mutated zombies and would chase after the trick-or-treaters. Cindy gave all the kids fake laser guns to shoot at the zombies. All the children anxiously awaited to try their hand at shooting the zombies next. It was like Cindy brought a game of spooky laser tag to her front yard. It was a hit. All the kids lined up down the block to play her game. And when they made it past the zombies, she was waiting with pumpkin cakes in the shape of zombie brains to give the kids. All this excitement and fun had completely left my home quiet and forgotten making my house truly feel like an abandoned and haunted home. How could she beat me? How could she do this again? I was completely consumed with beating her. I couldn't see straight. I couldn't think straight. I was overcome with anger, with jealousy. I had never felt like this before. Paul was telling me to calm down, that the competition was getting to my head, 
that I was taking this way too seriously. My sons were trying to tell me to relax, to be like the other mothers. Paul was saying I was neglecting the rest of our life because of my obsession. I had started to forget to pick the boys up from school. The refrigerator would be empty. Dinner would be forgotten about. The laundry was piling up. Paul was becoming increasingly frustrated with how consumed by the competition I had gotten. He kept saying, maybe I should try and be friends with Cindy. Maybe I could learn from her. How did he not understand? This was personal. This is the one thing I had that was mine. The one thing I had to hold on to. Paul had his work. The boys had their friends and sports. This was the one thing I could call my own, that I was good at. It was more than just an award to me. It was being the best at something. My whole life, I was always something to someone else. A wife to Paul, a mother to the twins. I always put everyone's dreams before my own. I always came second. I always fell in line. But on Halloween, I was something special. I felt recognized. People knew who I was, knew my talent. I didn't need a costume like everyone else. I could be myself. And for one day out of the year, that was enough for me. The next Halloween rolled around, and I knew the answer for this year. I knew what I had to do to win. I would not lose to Cindy again. I would not let this woman steal the only thing I had. No one would ever again question how far I would go to win. At six o'clock on Halloween night, I was standing by the window to watch the show. People gathered in groups to see what I had done. They were horrified. They couldn't believe the lengths I went to. They just stood in front of my house and stared, completely forgetting about Cindy's house, just like I knew they would. At first it was just a few families, then more joined in to see it for themselves, too frightened to even speak. Some started vomiting right on the street. Mothers screamed when they realized what I had done. Fathers shielded their children's eyes, and some began running as fast as they could. No one dreamed I would ever take it this far. They all realized I had truly brought Halloween to life. So, I came up with the perfect idea, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre theme. The whole place would look like you stepped straight into the movie. I had everything perfectly planned out. I would have the barbecue smoking in the front yard. The sound of chainsaws would echo all around you. The pumpkins glowing in the firelight would look like they were covered in human skin. And instead of giving out candy, I would give out barbecue pieces of crispy meat. But this isn't what made it special. You see, it was all thanks to Paul and the kids. I realized the best decorations can't be store-bought. 
You see, I realized what Cindy had that I didn't. She always brought her family into her designs. They would enhance her house, be a part of the action. My family never did that. While I was slaving away with the decorations and handing out candy, Paul and the boys would be trick-or-treating, having a good time. And I was right. For me to win, they had to be a part of it. Paul thought I lost my mind. I had gone crazy, lost my grip on reality. I know they were screaming, telling me to stop. The boys kept saying I was hurting them. Paul was begging for their lives, that I was out of control. But I needed to do this. They had to understand that this was the only way to prove I was the best. That no one could take this away from me again. You see, I suspect that it was the smell of burning flesh that was making all those people throw up. Or the barbecued bodies of my family hanging from the trees. Or maybe it was me, covered in blood, standing at the front door with a tray of crispy barbecued human meat to hand out to the trick-or-treaters. It was just the right touch on the nightmare I had created. It was a shame that after all of that, this was the year that Cindy had decided not to decorate her house. But it was all worth it anyway. So now you know my story, and I'm sure you understand that I'm not a monster, that I'm not crazy, and I know you would have done the same thing, because have you ever wanted something so much that you could taste it? You would stop at nothing until it became yours again. Do whatever it takes. You see, I just did what I had to do. Never again would anyone say I was not the best, that I was second, that Cindy was better. All they would ever say is I was truly the creator of nightmares, giving the people a Halloween spectacular they would never forget. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Skeletons in My Closet podcast. Make sure to tune in to hear more stories the world was never supposed to know. Until next time, I am your host, Crystal Pastis. Don't forget to subscribe. And most importantly, make sure to lock the door and check it twice. Because these are the skeletons in my closet.